Kreuzer, welcome to Recovery Now Radio, which is brought to you in conjunction with Adveriad Recovery and Living Room Cardiff. Adveriad Recovery is a registered charity offering specialist support to those with co-occurring substance misuse and mental health conditions. Living Room Cardiff provides ongoing support and aftercare as a community-based recovery centre that has an all-addictions approach, including gambling, alcohol, drugs, both prescribed and illicit, sex, eating disorders, gaming, etc., or any other harmful behaviour. We welcome anyone who needs confidential support in taking those first important steps towards change and recovery. Family members and friends are also catered for. For further details, please see the Adveriad Recovery website, www.adveriad.org.uk and www.livingroom-cardiff.com. Diochen Thank you so much. You can get it if you really want. You can get it if you really want. You can get it if you really want. But you must try, try and try, try and try. You'll succeed at last. You're listening to Recovery Now Radio, brought to you from the living room and at Veriad. You must be a You've got to get your share Got your mind set on a dream My name is Joe and I'm your presenter today. You can get it if you really want But you must try Try and try Try and try You'll succeed at You're listening to Recovery Now Radio. Let's recover together. And we're speaking with Vensel today. How are you, Vensel? Hello, guys. Uh, yeah, I'm very well, thank you. It's a nice Sunday. It is a lovely Sunday, yeah. Um, I'm going to get straight into your first song, if that's okay with you. No problem. And I'm going to ask you a little bit about why you chose it. It's called Bam Bam by Sister Nancy. Why did you choose that? It's just a cool song. It's just something, something nice to relax to, turn it on when uh, cooking. So yeah, lovely. That's it. Just some of them ask me when me get it from I told them no no it's from creation I told them no no it's from creation Bam bam ayo
was Bam Bam by Sister Nancy. We're still with Vensel today. Vensel, can you tell us about your first experience with codependency and what effect it had on you? Well, my first experience, uh, I would need to go back to 2013. I guess that's what, that's what you would call a dead-end relationship. It's just, you know that it's going to end no matter what you do. And uh, it made me feel miserable. It made me feel absolutely miserable. Um, I was not a happy person. What kind of things were you doing to try and save the relationship? I would do literally anything. I mean, I would, uh, I receive a text message. I would be, this was in London. So I receive a text message. I would be in 10 minutes time. I would be on the underground to my girlfriend at the time. And I could not say no to anything, uh, mm-hmm. whatever she asked, whether it made me feel uncomfortable or comfortable. Uh, most of the times uncomfortable. It's just a need, it's just being terrified of being left alone. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. So you had difficulty in, in saying no to her. Yeah. 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 Um, what kind of trouble did that bring for you? Well, uh, it took away a lot of uh, my time from my family, my friends, and just irrational thinking was the norm, really, for me mm-hmm. at a time. So I, I was not rational at all in yeah. everyday things. It had an effect on my job as well. So, uh, yeah. But you, but you weren't identifying it at this stage then? No, I thought I was just crazy in love. Yeah, sure. Well, before we go into that a bit more, I want to introduce your next song, which is On The Run by Emma Peer. Can you tell me why you chose that one? It's just a chill song. just like to relax to it and uh, puts me in a good mood. Great.
that was On the Run by Emma Peer. A definite reggae vibe there, Ben. So it took me right back to when I was 16, that did. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> Can you explain to us what the circumstances of your childhood were? How was growing up for you? So uh, I was born and raised in uh, Budapest uh, in 1990. So we lived uh, in, uh, in Budapest. Uh, I believe we moved at about when I was four or five, uh, not too far from uh, our old place. We basically swapped flats with my grandma because uh, it was a bigger flat. Then, uh, well, my father, at the time, I didn't know that he was an alcoholic, but uh, he, he was uh, thinking back. And we had a few business. Well, he had uh, a couple of shops. And these were like off licenses. Um, well, one of them went uh, bankrupt. Uh, well, the family accumulated a, a lot of debt. Mm -hmm. So in 1998, things got worse. So we moved to the countryside uh, into a flat where, well, into a house, which, uh, well, it was a summer house originally. So it needed a lot of work. Uh, so I went to school in, ta in, in that little suburbs, uh, uh, I gained a lot of weight. I gained a lot of weight um, during my childhood. I was a skinny boy. And then I think when I was 10 or 11, I, I just turned into um, a double XL kid. I then moved to a different school in the capital because of my weight and because I was living, well, I was living just outside of Budapest. I received a lot of bullying. So uh, that didn't go very well for me. And it was very difficult in that school. I, I, I struggled. I struggled uh, with my education. Unfortunately, because my mom and dad sort of separated. So my dad lived in Budapest. My mom stayed in the suburbs. My two brothers uh, also moved to Budapest. Uh, the family was not together at all. We only see each other on the weekends. So that kind of took an emotional toll on me. Do you think that the family splitting apart and your father being an alcoholic contributed to your weight gain? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, when I came to that age, nine, ten, uh, you know, when you're like uh, aware a little bit more of your surroundings, you know, you know, you know that something is not right. Yeah. Uh, that's when um, I started being stuck in front of the PlayStation. And yeah. uh, up until that point, I was just a little kid playing football outside. Uh, mm -hmm. And yeah, I would, I would say so, definitely. So growing up got tough just as you were about to hit your teens then? Yes. Yes, definitely. And uh, by the age 15, sorry, 16, I eventually convinced my parents to change schools because I was uh, almost expelled for uh, nothing. Well, I had some behavior issues, but uh, it was more like my uh, grades were not good enough. So I switched schools. Yeah, that was a little bit better. It was a more laid back, chilled environment. Um, but I would say, uh, yeah, regarding my childhood, as much as my father's alcoholism, uh, had an impact on me. Also, my brother's uh, drug addiction, which I didn't quite understand at an early age, 12, 13. Sure. 
I can I can understand that. Let's move on to your third song now, which is Loyalty by Gabrielle's. Why did you choose that one? Oh, do you know, I was just sitting on the bus one day and I listened to this song and it just touched me. It's, uh, I just found it a really good song. Uh, it's a little bit different from the previous two. Uh, mm-hmm. I hope you guys enjoy it. We'll have a look. Me and you, this thing of us through and through We all do things we shouldn't do That was Loyalty by Gabrielle's. Um, Rensel, we were talking just before about what life was like for you up until about 16. Can you describe to us what life was like in your late teens and early 20s then? So after I finished uh, secondary school, uh, I decided I would uh, move to London. And uh, well, that was a very different experience. To the, Hungary, uh, to the Budapest suburbs, to say the least. I thought of it as an, as an adventure. I thought I'd stay about six, seven months in the United Kingdom just to pick up a little bit more uh, English and uh, a bit of an adventure. But uh, here I am 11 years later. I was working mostly in catering up until 2011 when uh, my family got into another financial uh, uh, trouble and I needed to give my name to uh, a loan. So uh, I decided I would move home and try and be around the family because I missed them at a time. And uh, that brings us to my confrontation with my brother uh, when uh, his gambling addiction started to 
take over him. And well, he, but there's no better way to put it. He stole my money, all my savings uh, mm-hmm. up until I saved up uh, from my uh, work in London. And uh, well, I, uh, I basically funded his addiction. And uh, so I was in Hungary at the end of 2011, uh, no money, no job. Uh, we were just uh, in the middle of a recession. So uh, it was a pretty depressing period for me. It sounds like your family circumstances have been heavily surrounded in some kind of addiction of one sort or another. Mm. Was that was that difficult for you to make sense of? I understood alcoholism even at an early age. I'm talking 10, 10 to 15. But I could not understand gambling and uh, speed slash cocaine addiction of my brother at... at uh, uh, I would need to go back to the age 12 uh, when I started noticing his behavioral issues, the inconsistency in his uh, speech, uh, his outraging episodes. It was just, I just couldn't put it together. I just mm-hmm. couldn't put it together. And yeah, that was, uh, I guess that was difficult uh, for me to process. Yeah, it must have been very confusing as a young child. Mm, yeah. So, Vensel, before we go any further, I'm going to play your next track, which is Nobody's Fault But Mine by Blind Willie Johnson. Why did you choose that one? Uh, this is a funny one. So uh, this, is, uh, this song was played in a closing scene on a, of an episode in the Walking Dead series. And when I heard it, I was like, oh, my God, I've got to look it up. And uh, ever since then, Blind Willie and I uh, are inseparable. <laughs> so, yeah. Sounds great. Let's have a listen. Nobody's fault but mine. Nobody's fault but mine. But I'm in my tumble line. I have a Bible in my home. I have a Bible in my home. But I'm in my tumble line. Hmm. But they tell me how to read. But they tell me how to read. I don't need my tongue to lie. Nobody fall but mine. Oh, Lord. Nobody fall but mine. I don't need my tongue to I have a Bible of my own, but I don't read my tumble Oh, mother, she taught me how to read. Father, she taught me how to read. But I don't read my tumble Nobody follow but mine. Ah. No, no. Nobody's fault but mine. I don't read my tumble 
And so that she taught me how to read So that she taught me how to read I read myself a lot Nobody thought but mine of a blues vibe there with nobody's fault but mine and that was blind willie johnson so vensel we were talking about your later teens and early 20s what changed and when did you know that uh, your codependency behavior not that you recognized it at that time but when did you know it was taking a hold for your relationships well fast forward to 2013 So we left off where I was still in Hungary, no money, no job. So I decided to come back to London, you know, uh, try and get my old life back, my old job back. I entered a relationship with someone that I thought I was uh, deeply in love with. Maybe I was. I, I just became completely irrational. I knew that what I'm doing is not right. I knew that dropping everything for uh, that person is just not the right thing to do. Yet I did it. Uh, I had no control over it. I guess I was, uh, I started to become aware of uh, the fact that something is wrong. I wasn't aware that it is codependency at a time. Mm. And what kind of things were you doing that made you realize that this is not very healthy? A lot of sadness uh, in general. I would drop everything uh, if if my phone rang or my phone uh, if, if I just received a text message from her, uh, I would uh, ignore my friend's advice. All my friends thought that I wasn't acting uh, like my old self. I just ignored it. And uh, no, I thought I'm, I'm going to keep this going. How long did that relationship last? Eight months. Okay, so it was very short, really. <clears throat> yeah, very short, but uh, very uh, emotional. So it must have taken its toll on you emotionally. Uh, I would say so, yes. And is that when you found the living room? No, no. Uh, I was still in London. That's uh, my next relationship that lasted six years. That's when uh, everything, uh, I should say, got out of hand. Can you tell us a little bit more about what out of hand means in that six-year-long relationship? That means emotional and physical abuse and not walking away from it. Just being desperate to be in a relationship, even though just doesn't work. I think that's uh, yeah. uh, the constant fear, uh, fear of being with her, but the fear of being alone. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say that, that the fear of being on your own must have <clears throat> been greater than the fear of staying. Yeah, that, that is uh, spot on. It sounds like um, 
quite a tough time to be going through, but we'll go into that a little bit more in a minute. I'm just going to play your next track, which is Alive by Chase and Status. Can you tell us some more about that? It's a drum and bass song, uh, a very uplifting one. Uh, and I love Chase and Status, one of my favorite uh, drum and bass uh, performers. So, yeah. Enjoy. Enjoy. Beneath my feet, I feel so alive. Mm, oh, I feel so alive. Oh, I feel so that was Alive by Chase and Status. You're listening to Recovery Now Radio, and that's a good choice. Back to you, Vensal. Can you describe some of the consequences of your codependency behaviour? Well, it surely had um, an impact on my relationships with uh, family members. Uh, It led to me being fearful, anxious, 
paranoid and just yeah it's just con- 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 uh, constant anxiety really is uh, the way I would describe it did you uh, did it end your relationship yeah yeah uh, eventually I just couldn't carry anymore I, I just couldn't continue so uh, but I ended the relationship a year ago uh, just uh, pa- uh, just last February it was really difficult it led me to uh, well uh, to a suicide attempt uh, last February and uh, I just fell apart uh, completely mm-hmm. I just uh, I had uh, I was trying to save a relationship that I could not save and uh, it was I just could not accept the fact that it's not working so yeah. I did everything in my power and beyond to uh, keep it going but Deep down, I knew after a couple of years, this was a six year relationship. Even after a couple of years, uh, I knew that it cannot go on forever. But uh, I just did everything that made me feel uncomfortable a lot of times. So you mentioned um, doing everything that made you feel uncomfortable and trying to hang on to this relationship that wasn't working for you perhaps wasn't very healthy was that to the detriment of yourself then with your suicide attempt is that when you came into the living room yeah so right after the suicide attempt uh, I came into the living room yeah that's when I met Nick the rest of the rest of you guys when you came into recovery then yeah yeah uh, I mean I started going to the ACA fellowship 2019 September and that's when uh, those meetings were real eye openers. I could finally name what was wrong with me and what was wrong with my relationship, my personal relationships and my family relationships as well. And is that when you first found out that it was codependent behavior? Yes. Yes. Well, let's have a listen to your next track now, which is Cabana Blues by the Hobo Blues Band. Tell me about this one. Well, it's 70s, 80s uh, Hungarian rock. So why not introduce our listeners to a bit of Hungarian rock? Maybe they uh, get a feel of it. Why not?
You're listening to Recovery Now Radio. Let's recover together. A bit of Cabana Blues there by the Hobo Blues Band, Hungarian rock for us all. And uh, moving on to um, my next question for you, Benzal. I wanted to take you back to the crisis that brought you into recovery with that suicide attempt. And would you be able to, if you're comfortable, describe the feelings you were having at that time? Uh, Yeah, so... I decided that I would do this about the suicide attempt because when I thought of it the first time, it kind of came, I had a sensation of relief. I was just thinking about it. I could leave everything behind. I I don't have to respond to my girlfriend. Uh, I don't have to deal with family's uh, uh, dysfunction, anything. I just, it's, it's a, it, an easy way out is what I thought about it. Uh, because at that point I was, uh, on my days off work, I, I, I just couldn't get out of bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it was, uh, I, I mean, I was, I woke up, I got out of bed, uh, maybe a breakfast, went back to bed. I was in bed all day. Me and my girlfriend went out and, and I felt like, uh, I haven't slept in 48 hours or something like that. I was absolutely shattered. I, I could not describe it. Even if, even when I slept, you know, even when I was in bed for 10, 12 hours a day in bed, this didn't go on for long uh, because uh, I decided that uh, I'll come to the living room. Yeah. yeah. Was that after your suicide attempt? Yes, yes. So what changed your mind from thinking of something like that again? Well, the living room helped me a lot. I just thought this cannot be it. I have a godson. Uh, at the time, my mom was still alive. I, I couldn't let people down. There, there is gotta, I have to survive this somehow. There is, there is a lot that I can offer. So, uh, yeah, I just, I think I turned things around. Yeah, and all of that was from entering recovery meetings. Yeah, it helped me tremendously, tremendously. Did it help you to learn about yourself? And what things did you learn about yourself? Well, you know, all the tools and all the things that we discussed in groups. I finally came to a place with uh, no judgment. Uh, I I started uh, journaling. I started writing a gratitude list every morning. Uh, I started praying. Mm-hmm. Um, things that I haven't done before. I started uh, uh feel really happy for little things, just like a sunny day or uh, the beautiful sky and uh, a nice meal. Yeah. Uh, things that's just uh, I ignored before and... Uh, I would say I started to feel gratitude for my life in general. That sounds like a wonderful thing. Mm, it, it, it surely is. It surely is. Moving on to your next song. Well, you're going to have to help me with this one. Benzo. Okay. I know it's called Queen, but I can't tell you who sings it. Can you say that for me? Right. So uh, uh, the Queen, uh, Queen sings it. It's called Tavasisel Pizet Arast. And it's special to me because I like Queen. In 1986 was the very first time Queen played in the Eastern European bloc, Hungary. And Freddie Mercury chose to sing an old Hungarian folk song. So wow, I didn't the host know that. Did, 
yeah, the whole stadium just exploded. And that was Queen with um Tabasi Selvisetarast. Thank you, with a song I can't pronounce, a Hungarian folk song. So moving on to your recovery now, how did you find recovery? Uh do you mean the living room or ACA? Both. Both. So ACA I started uh just uh going on the internet uh and I started uh, looking for uh, if I didn't know there was an ACA, I just started uh, looking and then I found ACA. Uh, with the living room, it is actually from, um, I met somebody in uh, ACA and they told me about the living room. And at first I thought, well, you know, uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, I'll, I think one meeting a, a week is just plenty for me. And then... You know, uh, at, after my suicide attempt, uh, I was at the point I was just like, well, I'll, I'll try anything. I'll try anything. So uh, this is when uh, I came to the living room. Uh, this is how I found the living room. Yeah. So would you say that at that point you were you were beaten down to to a depth where you had surrendered? I would say so. I I just I thought I'd just try anything to get me out of this mental state yeah uh, and I tried a lot of new things in the last year so uh, tell me about so, some of those new things you've tried uh meditation for one uh I never thought I would uh, be a guy who would meditate and surprisingly I found it extremely relaxing I mentioned earlier the uh praying the journaling bit the outreach uh groups you know, there's an ACA outreach group as well. I never thought I would share my inner feelings with uh, complete strangers over the phone. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I guess 
when you share your story with somebody that's unknown to you previously, I suppose they're coming from it with a completely unbiased view. Mm. Whereas you're being quite subjective, whereas they're Mm. being objective about it. Yeah, yeah, I I would say, you know, uh, you don't sugarcoat it. You know, you you don't, and the people I share it with, you know, if I ask for a feedback, they just like, you know, they they tell me a totally different perspective that I haven't thought of until that point. Yeah. Did it help you to change your perspective on things? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it helped me a lot of the times. It prevented me from uh, doing something incredibly stupid like calling my ex-girlfriend or, uh, I don't know, <laughs> a lot of the times I, I just, I, I had these crazy thoughts and uh, yeah, it just helped, helped a lot. So you were able to refrain from that kind of behavior, which could oh, have yeah. landed you back in the same place. hundred percent, hundred percent. Moving on to your next song. Now, is the song called Plasma by Pinya? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me why you chose that song. I honestly don't remember why I chose it. <laughs> so it, it, uh, it's it's going to be a surprise to me and to the listeners <laughs> as well. So okay, let's let's, it. Gi- let's let's give it a <laughs> shot. That was Plasma by Pina. I remember now. Okay, what was uh, it? Yeah, it's it's part of a mix uh, for cooking. So I listen to this song while I'm cooking. While you're cooking. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. So moving on to the latter part of your, the more recent um, part of your recovery, can you tell me what happened when you finally began to get well? I was just, uh, in general, a more grounded person. It was much easier for me to open up. I started to 
I started asking for help, which was a big no-no for me uh, in the, well, uh, any time in my life. And uh, yeah, things just, uh, you know, when you just feel like things are falling into place. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, not perfect. You know, uh, we all have our difficult days, but uh, things just started to feel a lot healthier. And do you find that it has helped any relationships that you've been in since? Yes and no. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I did enter uh, a new relationship since uh, my last one. I was a lot more aware of what is going on. I would stop myself from people pleasing. I would stop myself from uh, causing myself harm. And... Uh, I was just really conscious about, you know, what I say when I say it. Uh, it was still not the right relationship for me. But the difference is, I think, when I entered that relationship, I didn't look for something uh, permanent, uh, which might not be the nicest thing. But uh, uh, I made that in the beginning. I didn't lie about it either. I, yeah. I, I just said... Listen, I am not in love. Uh, I need to be in love. Take it or leave it. You know. Um, yeah. And well, she took it. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I guess I was a lot more, a uh, lot more honest. And if something bothered me, I, I just, I would, you know, I would raise it. I wouldn't hide it. I wouldn't try and shove it down. I wouldn't try and create the non-existent, perfect Hollywood relationship. Uh, I would uh, come out and say, excuse me, uh, I don't like that. Don't do that to me yeah. again. Don't talk yeah. to me like that again. You know. Uh, so yeah. you, it sounds like you definitely weren't putting that person on a pedestal and making them the center of your universe as you did the other person. Uh, yeah, uh, I think that, uh, that sums it up. Yeah, uh, it was, it's my recovery first, then everything else as of last year. And I, well, used that principle uh, in that relationship, which was short, but uh, yeah, okay. it worked for me. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about where you're at now after your next track, which is Neo featuring Dance Show by Videomania. Tell me about this song. Yeah, so this is a guy, he's the most famous YouTuber in Hungary, and he just joined a this uh, band and they created this music and really uplifting hope you enjoy it thank you Yeah. 
video. You're listening to Recovery Now Radio. Let's recover together. And that was Neo featuring Dan Show by Videomania. So, Vensel, tell me what life is like for you now and how life has changed. So, uh, life now, I would say it's pretty good. I'm a lot more grounded than I was a year ago or before I came to recovery. Uh, Every week I create a plan for myself, mm-hmm. which uh, is a great guidance for the week because I used to overwhelm myself on a Monday. I would want to get everything done on a Monday. I found it really overwhelming. I used to find it really overwhelming and then get stressed and that would lead to a lot of uh, trouble for me. I have a lot more structure in my life, I should say. I'm trying to always think of the consequences and uh, first and foremost is this going to be good for my recovery before I do uh, something major so yeah I'm, I'm pretty good I'm pretty good I would so say you're in a good place mm, absolutely absolutely what would you say to your younger self if you met them now it's okay it's not all your fault don't beat yourself up oh and uh, don't worry uh, they might be bullying you, but one day you're going to run the marathon. They won't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know if they did, but, uh, uh, you know, I would tell that kid. You sounds like you've really turned your life around and you're coming mm. from a, a much healthier perspective now. Yeah, yeah. With um, self-respect for yourself. Yeah, I still got things to work on, uh, a lot of them. Uh, but uh, I can confidently say that I am on the right track. 
Well, Vensal, it's been a pleasure talking to you. It's been and a pleasure. And I've enjoyed listening to your Hungarian music. Thank you. Even the one I couldn't pronounce. Oh, well, it's okay. It's uh, the second most difficult language in the world, so don't beat yourself up. Is it really? <laughs> it is. I think it's uh, Polish, Jap- uh, Polish, Hungarian, and Japanese, or some. Yeah. Uh, we are in the top three. We are in the top Okie three. Okie I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in and listening. I'd like to thank The Living Room and Adveriad, and you, of course, Vensel. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And, I, and I'd like to just ask you, before we play your last track, which is Diala by Beachside, is that right? Uh, Beachside by Diala. Right, okay. Yeah. Tell, tell me why you chose that one. Uh, it's just a really chilled, laid-back song. I just love it. Again, comes up when I cook or getting ready for the day. Yeah. Sounds really like you enjoy. do a lot of cooking. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, I like eating. <laughs>